Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Well, God, we come to you this morning, just holding our hands up, saying, here I am. Take me. All that we are, we give to you as an offering. Sometimes it's hard to do that because of the competition in the world around us and the challenges that we have to face ourselves. But Lord, we know that through your faithfulness, we are made whole. So help us to live into that faithfulness. And we pray this in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. So a couple weeks ago, we started our stewardship series uh, called First. And, and I think that's important for us to remember what first means. And, and we get that from words of Jesus. And these words that, that Jesus say in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Go ahead and leave that up there just for a, a second. Just think about that. What, what exactly does that mean for us to seek first his kingdom? and his righteousness, and all these things will be given unto you. It, it means that we, we need to make choices. We, we, we need to make decisions. We, we, we need to really evaluate our lives and see how our lives continue or, or to grow as the way that, that Jesus calls us to grow. But there's always a challenge. There, there, there's always a way that, that, that makes it harder for us to, to let go of those things that, that don't draw us closer to God and, and to hold on to those things that do hold on to God. If we look at the entire story of Scripture, it is filled with struggles like this from Adam and Eve in, in the garden to the churches in the book of Revelation that, that John writes his letters to them. There, there's always this struggle of who do we put first? Who, who do we give our allegiance to? One of the biggest places that we see this struggle that that bats back and forth time and time again is when we take a look at the, the books of First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles. The time that there is a, a kingdom set up in Jerusalem or all over Israel that, that gets torn apart with the division of, of the northern kingdom called Israel and the southern kingdom called Judah. 
And, and, and if you look at the stories, the, the northern kingdom, man, they were a bunch of horrible kings. Now, if you go to the south, you go to Judah, you have some here or there that, that actually did what they were supposed to do. I immediately go to my mind to a king by the name of Josiah, which if you are not familiar with his story, it, it's a great story to read, but you realize that he became the king of Judah when he was eight years old. Eight years old, and he was the king of a country. He had no clue what it was that he was supposed to be doing. So, so he, he gathered people around him, and, and one of the things they did, they, they, they started to clean out the temple because the temple was basically in ruins because the kings before him just kind of left it, left it be. They didn't really care that much about it. And, and as they were cleaning out, they, they found the law. And they brought it out, and as soon as Josiah realized what it was, he, he tore his garments, and then he immediately, immediately had the kingdom turn their eyes and their thoughts back to God. It's a great story. And it's a story that, that lived on for 137 years. And that wasn't Josiah's reign. He didn't reign for 137 years. But, but there were kings that came after him that followed that same path for 137 years up to, a, up to Jotham. And then the king that followed him was Jotham's son by the name of Ahaz. And you know... If you've read First and Second Kings or First and Second Chronicles, you know that things turn bad when the author adds this note. Unlike David, his father, he did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Whoops. Unlike David, Ahaz did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. After 137 years of following what, what kings previously did from the time of Josiah on, Ahaz said, you know, we're just going to do things just a little differently. This kind of goes to show that Ahaz only has one chapter in Second Chronicles written about him. But a lot happened in that 16 years. He uh, cut up the furniture in the temple. He shut the doors so nobody could go in to worship. And he, he uh, started to worship the gods of Damascus. And then he set up altars all around Jerusalem on every corner for other gods, for them to worship. For 16 years, this happened. And then as quietly as we hear Ahaz written into the book of Second Chronicles, quietly he exits saying that he goes and he lays with his ancestors. And that's it. No more of Ahaz, but we see the damage that 16 years has done to the kingdom 
of Judah. So after Ahaz comes and goes, in comes his son Hezekiah. And Hezekiah has a mess to clean up. He, he sees that, that the kingdom is just totally not going the right way, and, and he realizes why. He realizes because they have abandoned God. He realized that they wanted to do their own thing. They wanted to do what was right for them and forget what it was that God had taught them. So Hezekiah, excuse me, he opened up the temples. He, he put the Levites and the priests back to work, and they, they purified the temple. Then they, they celebrated the Passover celebration with the people, and then they invited the people to go and destroy all of the idols in Jerusalem. And then we get to our scripture today in 2 Chronicles chapter 31, verses 2 through 10. I invite you to hear the word of the Lord. Hezekiah assigned the priests and the Levites to divisions, each of them according to their duties as priests or Levites to offer burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, to minister, to give thanks, and to sing praise at the gates of the Lord's dwelling. The king contributed from his own possessions for the morning and evening burnt offerings and for the burnt offerings on the Sabbaths and the new moons and the appointed festivals as written in the law of the Lord. He ordered the people living in Jerusalem to give their portion due to the priests and the Levites so that they could devote themselves to the law of the Lord. And as soon as the order went out, the Israelites generously gave the first fruits of their grain, new wine, olive oil, and honey, and all that the fields produced. They brought a great amount, a tithe of everything, and the people of Israel and Judah who lived in the towns of Judah also brought a tithe of their herds and flocks and a tithe of the holy things dedicated to the Lord their God, and they piled them in heaps. They began doing this in the third month and finished in the seventh month. When Hezekiah and his officials came and saw the heaps, they praised the Lord and blessed his people Israel. Hezekiah asked the priests and Levites about the heaps, and Azira, the chief priest from the family of Zadok, answered, Since the people began to bring their contributions to the temple of the Lord, we have had enough to eat and plenty to spare, because the Lord has blessed his people. And this great amount is left over. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. What a story. Well, what, what a story of faithfulness by Hezekiah. What, what a story to show that, that, that while Hezekiah knew that there was a, a history of 16 years that, that basically brought the, the kingdom of Judah to almost destruction. He knew that if he followed these certain steps, that God would listen and, and God would bless the kingdom of Judah. So the very first thing that, that Hezekiah did is that he sent the, the priests and the Levites out to, to cleanse everything realizing that, that the temple, 
must be clean in order for, for anything else to happen within the temple. The, the temple was defiled for, for, for many years, and, and it took Hezekiah and the priest the opportunity to make sure that everything was, was set back in the way that it needed to go. Everything was, was placed and blessed, and, and the temple was then set apart as holy. I think that's our first step as well. We must realize that, that we need to set ourselves back. In the New Testament, we hear that the temple is no longer in Jerusalem, but we, God's people, we are the temple. And when things are not right in us, we can feel that things are, at the word, cattywampus. The things are, are, are not quite the way they're supposed to be. And the reason why they're not is because we have not taken the opportunity to set ourselves right. That's why when we celebrate communion, and when we come to the table, the very first thing we do in the worship service is what? We confess our sins. We realize that, that, that we are not right. And we know that, that we must have a, a power stronger than us, a, a power to forgive us our sins, not to rationalize or excuse our wrongdoings, but when we take the opportunity to confess our sins. That's what we say in the, 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 the liturgy, God who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. We're able to set our earthly temples right so that we can then freely receive what it is that God has for each and every one of us. And once we, we set that aside, we then remember the goodness of God. That, that was the next step that, that Hezekiah did by, by establishing again the, the Passover or, or, or the celebrations of the people of Israel. He, he set aside to rem remind them, folks, while we only had 16 years because of what my predecessor did, do you remember that our people were slaves in Egypt for 400 years. That, that, that when, when Joseph was in Egypt and he had the favor of Pharaoh, then all of that started to turn. It took 400 years, but then God came through the act of Passover and reminded, him, reminded them that he would never leave them. And through the acts of Moses and Aaron and, and the Israelites, they were able to leave Egypt and move towards their promised land. And, and things were looking great. But then they got scared. And, and then they didn't realize exactly what it was, and it ended up causing them to wander in the wilderness for another 40 years. But as they celebrated those 40 years, as they went through the wilderness in those 40 years, building tents and, and celebrating the Passover, they knew that God was going to see them through 
to the other side. That God was going to be with them in the midst of their pain, in the midst of their struggle. So much the, the psalmist writes in Psalm 36 through verses 5 through 9, Your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. Your righteousness is like the highest mountains, your justice like the great deep. You, Lord, preserve both people and animals. How priceless is your unfailing love, O God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house. You give them drink for your river of delights. For with you is the foundation of life. In your light we see light. See, even though the Israelites were, were wandering, even though there were moments of darkness, there were people who knew that, that God's love would reach to the heavens, your fa his faithfulness would reach to them through the skies, that he would never leave them alone. And, and that's what the celebration of Passover is all about. It's reminding the people and reminding us that no matter what we may go through, God will always be there by our side. And finally, the third thing, as we heard in our scripture today, the third thing that, that Hezekiah had the people do, he had them participate. There is absolutely no way in the world that King Hezekiah could have done all of these things by himself. It took the bringing in of the tithes. It took them going out to destroy the idols in Jerusalem. It took them taking the celebration seriously so that as a people of God, they can continue to minister and continue to share the good news of God with others. So there's a challenge there. There's a challenge is that do we continue to, to move forward and, and do what we do and, and continue to live in how we have been living or do we place our hearts and minds, our souls, our strengths in the hands of the one who created us, in the hands of the one who gave his life up for us, in the hands of the one who sustains us year after year, after year. That's where we are right now. And, and that's what this stewardship campaign is all about. It, it, it's not about money. It's not about doing things. It's about allowing God to, to take root in our lives, to realize that we can't do this on our own. And I think one of the things over the past two years ha has taught me is that when we try to do things on our own, we mess things up badly. And we are in desperate need of the love and grace of Jesus Christ in our lives. And, and we, when, we, when we put that aside, we get the results that we see happening around us. We forget 
as the psalmist writes, that, that he gives us the abundance of his house. He gives us the drink from the river of his delights and through the fountain of his life, we receive the light. It is, it is God's faithfulness that pulls us through. So this past week, I think on Friday, we did a mailing. You should receive an envelope at your house. If you, if you are a full member of Royce City First United Methodist Church, whether you're worshiping here in the sanctuary or if you're worshiping with us online this morning, and, and this, ca- this is a narrative budget. And the purpose of this narrative budget, if you open it up, you'll see a bunch of pictures and I tell you, I, I looked at these pictures with, with Michelle, with, with Lindsay, with Wanda, and, and we just smiled because there was a lot of great ministry that, that happened in the life of our church. There was a lot of stuff that happened over the year of 2021 that I give thanks to God for, for, for people who strove to continue in their faithfulness because of God's faithfulness back to them. And it's a reminder to us, just as it was for Hezekiah to, to get everything right in the temple and, and to get rid of all of the idols in the city, is that God continues to invite us to participate in his work within our church, within our community, and within the world. So here's the challenge for you. The challenge is that you are invited. And every year, we, we, we do this every year, we, we give you two separate cards. One is a service commitment card, and one is a financial commitment card. And, and we invite you to, to gather your family around and pray about how you will continue to serve Christ Do you hear how I said that? Not how you serve the church. This this is just a place where we can serve Christ together. We're, We're not trying to build a place here on earth. We're trying to build God's kingdom together as God's faithful people. So you'll see the financial commitment card, and I just encourage you, the uh church board and the charge conference that met, we uh, extended our budget for this year about eight point, no, 7.9% increase over last year. And, and there, there are a lot of things that we want to do with that to provide better ministries for our youth and for our children and to provide another opportunity for, for staff to be strengthened in ministry to the church. But, but the other one is also as important the, the, the people of Israel, I don't think they just gave their tithes to the temple, but they went around and inspired by what Hezekiah called them to do to tear down the idols around Jerusalem. And my friends, we together tear down the idols in our community together when we pledge as members of the church to support it with our prayers, with our presence, with our gifts and our service, and our witness. And and there are many ways on this service commitment card for you to say that I would like to serve. One of the ways that that we are so, I'll say, desperate in need of service is right here on Sunday mornings. 
I see staff persons and, and the same people over and over again opening doors. And, and that's great. We should. But we need more people to help share those responsibilities around the church. We have the same people week after week after week standing behind in the sound booth doing the jobs back there. And, and I know sometimes you'll see it mess up here on the screen and you may look back out there and see what they're doing and, and you'll wonder what, ha what is going on. You may think it's so hard to do. It's not. It's not that difficult. There are always going to be technical glitches and, and you know, those type of things happen. But I think one of the things that you'll see, when you take the opportunity to, to step in and serve, you'll realize that, that this is your church. This is your family. A and we stand beside each other and strengthen each other to do ministry so that more and more people can experience the love and grace of Jesus Christ and see the light of Christ shine in each and every one of us. So next week we close our stewardship uh, series down and we talk about the commitment. And we'll invite you to bring these commitment cards, your, your financial commitment card and your, your service commitment card. And, and you'll bring them to the altar and you'll, you'll place them in a basket and you'll give thanks for the opportunity to, to be a part of that. Tracy and I, we will do that as well because we know that we are in this together. And it is our joy and honor to serve alongside each and every one of you so that Christ will be proclaimed and that the world around us will be changed with his love and his grace. Let us pray. Oh God, I can't imagine what it would be like to step into a place where in 16 years the world had been turned upside down, where you have been forgotten where idols have been set up and where there was a lot of work that needs to be done. God, in a way, for the past two years, we have been in that same boat. There is a lot that has happened. But God, as the psalmist writes and as we are reminded your love reaches to the heavens and your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Help us to fully embrace that love and faithfulness in our, in our lives so that we may then go out and share that love and faithfulness to those around us. So, Lord, we lift this prayer to you. We, we lift this time of commitment to you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.